Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of These Nuggets. I am your host, Dejan Rose, and I have the honor to have the most special guest that anyone can have in the world. It is my mom. She's a doctor. She's a teacher. She's a pastor. She's a counselor. And she's been here my whole life. What can I say? <laughs> I wouldn't be here providing you with nuggets without her spiritual guidance, without her guidance, period. But today's episode is titled Spiritual Guidance because we're on the dawn of a spiritual awakening. And there's a shift in the atmosphere with the pandemic going on. We have mass shootings. We have depression becoming a common diagnosis. Divorce statistics are increasing. And people are losing their faith in God and the good of mankind. And they're searching, they're seeking out, and they're saying, where can I find more spiritual experiences? Or how can I connect with God? or this thing called the universe. There's so many ideologies out there nowadays and theologies and people are wondering and searching. They're just saying, how can I have more? Because I feel so empty. I feel like I'm being drained. And I just felt like this was an appropriate time for us to talk about having spiritual guidance and knowing how to grow, knowing how to get, have a mentor or someone to lead you, but also knowing how to lead yourself. It's not always you have to find it in another person or another man. You can have your own personal experience and encounter with God. And that's what this is really all about. So without further ado, I have the woman in my life, Miss Rose. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> and you, I know you've been a mother to many out here. So a lot of people get a chance to understand and experience you firsthand. And one thing I, I've recognized throughout my lifetime is that you never really wavered. And that's something that we see, of course, commonly in the, in the church is that People are, are commonly, they, they, they call ministers hypocrites and people get turned off. They never return back to church. And I got a chance to experience that firsthand, like literally the 42 years of my life, you're not wavering. And then, of course, I, I want to hear a part of that. Uh, I'll let you get a chance to, to start off. But I just want to say, how, how has that experience been for the last 42 years? Because I know that, it, you know, it's not that you're not human. It's not that you, you know, you didn't have to go through certain things. It's just how did you go through these things in life and trials in life and your faith didn't fall off? You did. You may have wavered. You may have questioned. I don't know. So I'm just asking these questions, but I want you to be able to open up and uh, and just give us that experience to know how how you've sustained so long. Well, first of all, I want to say that Jesus is real to me. When I Amen. embraced him from the very beginning over 60, I want to say, not I'm 67 now, but it's been over 45, about 45 years now that I've been serving the Lord and been on the Lord's team. And when I made that commitment to Christ, I mentioned to him at the time that I accepted Jesus in my heart as my personal Lord and Savior, that I would not turn back, mm -hmm. that my heart would be fixed and that my mind would be made up to go with Jesus every step of the way. And I believe that it's so important for us to be committed to our commitment. And in this times that we're living in, like you mentioned already, we see a lot of wavering because of lack of discipline. A lot of people just do not want to be have a disciplined life when it comes to our relationship with Christ or the Godhead in and of itself. So in reference to what you were mentioning, how did I maintain all these 45 years of the things of God, it was being committed to my commitment to Christ. That's a wonderful answer. I mean, it's, it sounds that easy, but I know it's not that easy. 
it takes it takes a a, a strong amount of self discipline. Like you said, it is really is the form of discipline, but it's it's I don't know because of course you know I got a chance to see it happen firsthand, and you set the bar really high. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and I've literally watched, you know, ministers and, you know, some fall from grace and you watch them, you see them go through different experiences in life. And it's just like, okay, I, I know that you always put God first, but at the same time, faith without works is dead. And I've seen you put the work behind the faith. And I think that that's where a lot of people fall off because they think that either God can do it all or they can do it all. But when you embrace the two and you connect those two and you infuse them, and I've seen that happen where it's like you, you don't separate, you don't break those two apart, but they've truly been infused. And that's what, what really inspires me. That's what kept my faith strong, uh, regardless of what I've gone through in life. And I know that I've gone through some, you know, some up and downs and trials and tribulations. And uh, we can get a chance to talk about that. But I just want to say that how I got a chance to see that. But that's not an that's not an easy task. It's not an easy feat to to accomplish in life, especially you know, forty five years. You're still going strong as if it was just yesterday. <laughs> you know, you were just born and got caught fire. It's like how do you stay on fire all these years? I believe that you have to iron sharpens iron for number one. Mm -hmm. So you have to hang around fire to stay on fire. Nice. You cannot put yourself in a position where you are around people that are lukewarm or people that just seem to be going through the motions. Mm -hmm. It has to be a true commitment from the heart. You really have to be passionate about serving the Lord and realizing that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. Because when uh, there's nobody under heaven or under or in this earth that can forgive you of every sin that you ever committed in your lifetime, but by the power of the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So when you think in terms of that and all that the Lord has done for you, I believe that it really gives you a sense of uh, just a sense of inspiration and encouragement just to know my sins have been forgiven. They've been washed under the blood of Jesus. So what more can I give back to him? For all that he's done for me, but to serve him wholeheartedly and to be true to my commitment. Nice. Okay. So, mm -hmm. it was a, so truly embracing the mercy and the grace that God has given you and understanding that in your life. That's huge. And I know, understand how powerful it is. And I know sometimes this may sound like spiritual terms, but of course, the grace is, is God's riches at Christ's expense. So it's him giving you something that you don't even deserve. And of course, God's mercy is you not receiving what you do deserve, which is eternal damnation. So when we talk about mercy and grace, those are two things that are, are gifts from God and, and from him only that we, of course, we should have eternal damnation because we we're not worthy. We know that our, naturally we have a sinful nature. And then, of course, you know that and we don't deserve to go to heaven. But at the same time, Jesus came here and died for a reason so that he can open up that that gateway in order to, for us to live and have eternity in heaven. So with that being said, I just want to say that I know that um, it's been, you, you've, you've mentored, you know, through marriage, you've mentored, you know, I don't know, in so many different ways because you've pastored, you know, for many years, you've been a minister, a licensed minister, for, for, you know, decades, mm -hmm. you know, and you've seen it all and done it all. Um, as far as even people who are just now entering their faith walk, what, what words of encouragement or what can you say that they should expect to experience throughout their, throughout their spiritual walk? 
if they're, I believe if they're just now entering into their faith walk, they have to learn and discover what they want out of their faith walk. Mm -hmm. What is it that they want to pursue? What is it that they want to accomplish spiritually in their faith walk? What is it that's going to make them tick more or less spiritually? What is it that's going to enliven them spiritually, if, if, for so to speak? What is it that they're seeking after spiritually? Because those are the things, those are the determining factors. Because if they don't know what they want to get involved in by way of how they're gonna, it's going to help them spiritually, then, then that's when we come in and we kind of undergird them and kind of help them and kind of encourage them to discover themselves, not only discover themselves physically, but discover themselves emotionally, discover themselves spiritually above all, and discover themselves mentally. Where do we stand? Where do they stand mentally? So mm -hmm. if they're just getting started, they're on a great journey of discovery. Yeah. Okay, and then some of us fall off from time to time. You know, I'm not saying that I do because you know, yeah, you <laughs> my credit is good. Time, right? My credit is good with God, <laughs> like like you say sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I call on him, he's right there. <laughs> I can cash out, but <laughs> but you know, sometimes we waver throughout our faith, and then for those of us who are wavering, like you said, you stayed strong. And then sometimes we do fall off the wagon and, and many of us do because there's so many distractions in the world. There's so many. I mean, there's the, the trick. of the, It's just a trick of the enemy. It's to fool us to making us think that we have more time. But more and more people are losing their lives and there's so many casualties unexpectedly. And it's just becoming it's, it's so obvious now and it's so publicized that we get a chance to see it, experience it, you know, and and, and a lot of people are wondering why we have more questions. And I know that Jesus is the answer. And, and it's like, how do we go through those emotions to say that, okay, how do I accept him as being the true answer that he is? Well, I believe we, we want to understand, first of all, what is truth? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what is truth to us? Mm -hmm. So we have to make that a personal choice and a personal decision to find out what our truth is. Nice. Because if our truth is a God who sits high and looks low, if our truth is the creator of heaven and earth, the uncreated creator, if that's our truth, then we're going to pursue that, 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 that we're going to be persistent in our pursuit of that God or our God. Mm -hmm. But if we think that truth is another form of truth, then that's what we're going to pursue. So I think if we, I believe if we start there, then that would open up the avenue and it would open up more insight to us as to what we want to believe and how we're going to embrace our beliefs. Nice. Okay. Definitely. That's, that's powerful. The truth. So that's like you said, overall, that's, that's something that, because right now people are lost. And I said they lost because the truth seems so convoluted. You know, it's just like, okay, we should start accepting more and being more tolerant of different things where, especially we're in a world, you know, where we're trying to have more inclusion and things that, you know, and people are saying, okay, you have to either be more conservative or you have to be liberal. And, and there's a, there's a lot of tension going on, especially between the political parties and people's, uh, police, police, people's beliefs in general. And they're, they're torn. Like, okay, where do I stand? And, and how can I make a, a solid decision based upon my beliefs but also what's going on. And it's like, how do I accept people and love them the way that I should? And what would you say spiritually and, and, and about love and how to, how to make solid decisions and stand in your faith, but also knowing how to love others? 
Well, love always conquers all. Mm -hmm. So we have to be tolerant of every single person, irregardless of what their backgrounds are, irregardless of what their their persuasion is, spiritual persuasion, irregardless of what their sexual identity is. We have to still love them beyond who they consider themselves as being. Okay, yeah. so we have to, in other words, we have to ask God to just fill us with the fullness of him. And then we got to believe that God will help us to understand his ways are not our ways. So once we begin to embrace the ways of God, then we can look beyond the person's situation and see their need for the love of God. Once we get to that point, we can be able to, once we see them in the, in, from that light and from that perspective, then we're able to really help them and inspire them to be able to look to God because they'll, they'll see him in, in, from a totally different light. Yeah. They won't see him from a political perspective, from the liberal perspective or conservative perspective. They'll see him from a supernatural perspective. And when, once they see him from that perspective, then they're able to embrace something so tangible, something that's beyond their human, uh, their nature, their human, their human connections, their human interactions. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I know because, yeah, it's, it's a lot going on. And I know that political climate right now is a lot of tension. And a lot of people want to know, like, where do I stand? What, what political party do I go to? And, you know, of course, once again, Jesus is the answer and God leads the way. So regardless, I see good on both sides. And there's people that need help. There's people that want to stand in their faith. And they're saying, OK, the reason why I'm this way is because, you know, there's no abortion. Or the reason why I'm this way is because God loves all, you know, so there's there's two sides of the coin. And it's just like where. But people at the same time, they're, they're starting to compromise. I see them compromising their faith, saying, OK, well, if God wants us to love all, should we? I believe that God wants us to love all, but he doesn't want us to love sin. And I believe that that's what we need to have. The, the That's what we need to draw the line. We need to be able to say, just as the word of God tells us that God loves righteousness, but he hates iniquity. Mm -hmm. So we find that over in the book of Hebrews. So if we think in terms of that, we can we can be able to look beyond that 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 narrow minded perspective. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and get beyond that, because as long as we're keeping our focus on, well, are we compromising? We only compromise when we are not subject to the word of God. When we when we are we're not allowing the God's word to have the final authority, that's extremely important. When it comes to any agenda, no matter what it is, I often tell people, let me tell you how we can determine what's right and what's wrong. If you can't do it to Jesus, with Jesus, around Jesus, or for Jesus, then don't do it at all. That helps us to be able to distinguish as opposed to us putting people in categories and saying that person is a sinner and this person is not. So when we look at it from that kind of perspective, then we're able to help people and say, would Jesus be comfortable with what you're doing? Would he be even comfortable with this conversation that we're having, especially with you using all these expletives? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have to look at it from those kind of if we look at it from that perspective, then we can always be willing to help others because we're putting the responsibility back on the individual. Got it. Okay. That's huge. All right. So I got, I got a few questions for you because I know some people have, and then I hear this a lot from friends of mine and people that have been turned off from church. It's just like, you know what? The preachers are too preachy. And I know that we're entering a generation now where more people want to be taught, they want to be led, and they want to have more of that relationship type of experience. And they want to see that versus them being entertained. 
And I know that that's happened a lot because, I, you know, when people are like, well, God and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, you don't normally talk like that. Like, you know, so how can you present that? And, and for people that have been turned off from church, what can you say that that's there that they're, they're probably missing out on? Well, I want to encourage them. If they're if they've been turned off from church, don't mix church turn off from your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Keep your relationship with Jesus solid. Keep that relationship with Jesus closely knitted. Keep it intimate. Because once you have that connection with him, then it helps you to put on blinders when it comes to other people. So when the people are, are not, you, when you feel that they're not, or you believe that they're not ministering the word of God effectively or efficiently, you're going to look past them and you're going to see Jesus in them. And if you can't find Jesus in them, that's going to be the determining factor in that sense. Then you're going to be able to say, you know what? I've got to remove myself or distance myself from this situation, even from this preacher, even from this pastor, because I just can't see Jesus. Now, are we trying to find fault? No, I'm not saying that because before we can take the the beam out of our brother's eye, the, the, the mode of our brother's eye, rather. We got to get the big beam out of our own eye. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? In other words, sweep around my, your, your own house before you sweep around mine. So we're not, trying to, we're not trying to be out there and be fault finders. We're not trying to point fingers and say this pastor is, is in error and that pastor is not. What we want to do is we want to find out who's speaking the word of God. Who is te- who's who's telling who's teaching the word of God? And if people are turned off from preachers, then go and ask God to help to lead you to some dynamic teachers. And they're out there; they're available. I listen to Pastor uh, Dr. Darius Daniels all the time. He is an, a, a unique pastor. He's awesome in ministry. He has an excellent teaching ministry. So we have to be able to say, "I'm hungry enough." To get away from a certain environment just to produce the fruits that I need in my life to be a representative of Christ. Got it. <laughs> so much. I know you're a fast talker like me. So I know some people got it. <laughs> they need a chance to digest that for a moment because I know that's a lot of information. And, and, and like that's that's a huge. Those are powerful nuggets. And in form of spiritual guidance for people who just say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm tired of going. And it's, it's, it's no different than somebody going to the club and they're having a bad experience. They still go back when you're searching, you're saying, okay, I still need somebody to have a relationship or I'm just going out to have a good time. It all depends, like you said, on what you're looking to experience. If you're really looking to have that experience with God, it's not a preacher that's going to turn you off. That's you're going to be looking for that relationship and you're going to build and strengthen that by any means necessary. And like you said, staying close to that fire is what's going to make a difference. So, yes, I mean, people can experience God in multiple ways. And I think that sometimes we get caught up on 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 how to experience God. Like, is it through prayer? Can you only go to church to experience God? So what are a few ways you say that that people can experience God that in, in their own way? I believe that you can experience God in everything. Mm-hmm. You can see him in the trees. You can see him in water as you go and he leads you beside still water. You can sense that there is there's just a connection with God that you can't normally experience outside of those particular areas. Because when I go to a water-based environment, it could be a lake or it could be an ocean, whatever the case might be, beaches, whatever the case might be, I look over to see how can I get even more acquainted with God through this experience. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? So then I look at it and I try to relate it to the word of God. And when I think about it, when I think about Psalms, the 23rd chapter, he leads me besides still waters and he restores my soul. I see the water as an opportunity of refreshment. It just refreshes me. It revives me. It restores me. It rejuvenates me. So I like being in that environment. That's a way that you can really feel like you're connected with God. Going into the mountain, going on a mountaintop, yeah. you know, being able to feel like, okay, Jesus, the Sermon of the Mount, and Matthew, the, the, the fourth chapter, most of us are, are mindful, or, or I believe it's the fifth chapter with the Beatitudes. But yeah. any, nonetheless, we, 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 we get to those mountain experiences and we like, Wow, God, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, an eye-opener. It's like, you know, I'm experiencing God to a different degree, a different, having a different uh, a, a light uh, from when it comes to God. Just having a, a different, just outlook and perspective when it comes to that. So I believe that you can experience God through dreams. Mm -hmm. there's, there's many times we have dreams and God will give us a dream that, we'll, that we've never, ever experienced before. And then we'll say, I know it was God because it, the way, it, the way it, it, it opened itself up to me or the way the revelation of it came out of that particular dream. So it could be a vision. Yeah. You know, you can have, you can see God in a vision. Your vision can be an open vision where you can automatically, you can be sitting back and all of a sudden you just begin to see a bright light or you might see angels ascending or descending. There, might, there can be all kinds of things, but then there might be a closed vision where your eyes are closed. And then you might say, God, I just see you. I just see you behind these, these, these shutters on my eyes. I can just see the, the God and his, in his, in his glory and his love for me. So it just kind of depends on what what way you want to experience God. For example, when my mom, when our, your grandmother, mom died, I had a dream. God mm -hmm. showed me a dream and she was in a cloud and she was so beautiful. She was so gorgeous. She was so radiant. I, she was so vibrant and she just looked so absolutely beautiful, drop dead, gorgeous. So when I looked and I said, mom, I thought you was gone. I thought you had passed away and all she did was smile. So I mm -hmm. knew that that was God reassuring me that she made it home, that she's in everlasting arms of Jesus and that everything is all right. Yeah. So that helped me not to have to go continuously through the grieving process, but it helped me do that through that experience and at that time to realize that it would be selfish for me to want her back, but it would be, it would be exceptional for me to praise God for the fact that she made it home. That's amazing. And that's another, a lot of people are experiencing that now, grieving the loss, especially of loved ones going through COVID and things of that nature. And God can give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. So it sounds like you definitely had that moment with mom. Woo! That was, that was, that was heavy. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, there's ways to experience him. And he communicates to us through different forms and fashion. I know for me, my spiritual language with God has always been music. So, you know, through song, um, through dance, that's always been a huge way for me to communicate with God. And I, I haven't been the most powerful prayer out there. You know, I can't go out and, and, and I'm not an intercessory prayer. I can say like you are, where you can just immediately, you know, pray for anybody and do anything like that. But and I know whenever I'm experiencing them through song, I, I get that communication. I know that I'm talking to him directly and I can feel his presence, you know, immediately. Right. So I know that for, and some people can find that through his word. Some people can find that through, they might have it through an ex, like a God-like experience through, through miracles and you can hear God talking to you. And all of a sudden you're saying, wow, that, that's him. And you know, it's him because it's something that you've never felt, you never experienced before. And it's, 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 it's supernatural. That's right. It's something that your mind can't even fathom, you know, and it's like, I can't, I can't think of him being here. It's like, I feel his presence. And I know that that's some powerful way. So if some people who are trying to wonder, like, what is my communication style with God? There's different, there's multiple ways. There's not just one way to experience or talk to him. 
but prayer is definitely the most powerful when it's to having basic communication mm -hmm. uh, back and forth with God. But like you said, you can have them and experience them in multiple different ways. And I, I love that for spiritual guidance right there. And then, okay, so I'm just going to give you a few words right here because people have questions and they, they want spiritual guidance. So when I talk about, for example, tithing, so what would you say to somebody for tithing who's been turned off or they don't know if they should tithe? Well, for that, I would say, you, you know, I don't know that you're going to, you should get caught up in the tithe per se. Mm -hmm. I believe that you want to give, the Bible said God loves the cheerful giver. Okay. So I believe that you want to be able to just, that should be your form of worship to God. So because you love him so much, I don't believe that you would want to hold, withhold anything from anybody that you love. If God is the lover of your soul and you love him with your whole heart, I believe that you shouldn't make money a factor. I believe that if you want to give the, your 10% of the tithe people, that, that's so controversial uh, right now. Yeah. A lot of people have think, okay, well, it came, it was an Old Testament principle, and they said we don't have to practice it to, uh, today. So you, you got a lot of uh, Bible commentaries that go back and forth on that particular issue. But my stance on it is give, and it shall be given unto you. Luke 638. Good measured. Press down, shake it together, together, and run, run it over. over. <laughs> okay? So if that's what you want to get, if you want to get shaken together and running over blessings, mm -hmm. I just believe that you should just be obedient in your giving. Yes. Whatever God impresses upon your heart to give, just give it. Okay. If he tells you, give give $100, give $100. But yes. if he tells you to give $1,000 and you hear it in your heart and you hear it in your mind to give $1,000, then you go ahead and give that to God. But don't withhold anything from God because he doesn't withhold no good thing from them that walk up right before him. That's right. And see, I, I, throughout my lifetime, I've seen you tithe, of course, faithfully throughout your whole life. And I, I truly didn't understand the, the peace I had with my finances once I started tithing. Once I was able to release it, because I struggled with it for many years. Like, why would I be? Why would I give God a whole ten percent? Sometimes, especially if I don't really have it. But being able to release that, and after that, now I have financial peace in my life, and I've, it really have given me more of a financial structure. When I was able to say, you know what, I'm giving it to God, or I'm giving my first offering to God, or my first tithe, it 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 changed the way I started handling my finances. And I know a lot of people, they struggle with, you know, what should I give? And it's mine. And it's, you know, and it's like you want to have full control over it because it's something that you feel like you've made and you've labored for. But at the same time, I know that he'll give you that financial peace when right now I don't worry about my bills mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I know that God has already gotten his and he was going to take care of, of what's mine, which is technically still his. That's right. So that's why I, I tithe and I love doing it. But I love your answer as far as tithing. I know that another one is like people struggle with like, you know what, with sinners in church. And especially I want to put this one out there, gays in church. Mm -hmm. So people that are homosexuals right now, you know, they're trying to either find that where people are uncomfortable with them coming to church. What message do you have for them? Well, the, mes <laughs> the message I have for them is strong because we've all come from something. Oh, absolutely. Okay. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Every person. So that none of us are exempt. So I believe that we have to embrace people because they're people. Not because of their lifestyle. Not because of their choices. Mm -hmm. Just because they're people. The Bible says in, in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Mm -hmm. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loves not 
knows not God, for God is love. So if they they have a choice in their lifestyle, what they've made by way of homosexuality or lesbianism or whatever the case that that might be, but that does not cause them. We we cannot disregard them. We cannot we cannot uh, just put them cast. They cannot be castaways just because they have chosen a different lifestyle that we're unfamiliar with. What we need to do is we need to encourage them by letting them know what God is God pleased with your lifestyle because maybe they're, they're heterosexual and they're doing things that are displeasing to God as well. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we want to be able to encourage them and inspire them. I've seen lives being turned around just because of the love of Jesus, nothing else. Because people have said, you know what, because you love me, I wanted God to change me. Because you love me. wasn't didn't have anything to do with anything else. Not, nobody preaching. Yeah. Nobody coming. No, nobody just, you know, just, just breathing down their, their, their back. Breathing, you know, nobody putting them down. We, 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 we're not God. So that's the thing. that We're God's channels. We're the God's agents. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're change agents, hopefully. So that my admonishment and encouragement is let people come to God. Let them introduce them to Jesus. Because we're the only Jesus that some people might ever see or we're the only Bible that some people might ever read. And if we're turning them off and we're cutting them down and we're disregarding them and we're just making a mockery out of them, then I believe that God will be able to judge us based upon how we judge them. That's it right there. Y'all heard it. And there's nuggets. <laughs> so you've pretty much been a matriarch. And I'm going to close with this one before we go directly into the nuggets. You've been a matriarch when it comes down to like really spiritual guidance and leadership. Um, like I said, you really set the bar high. And, you know, of course, as far as the young gener the younger generation that's coming up right now, many of them don't have as strong of a spiritual foundation. And I know I can't I don't know. I can't point the finger and say this is where it went wrong. You know, it's just there's so many things that we can say, hey, it could have been the fact that we we gave our kids too many options. We didn't make them go to church like we, you know, like you told us, like, regardless of what you're doing out there, have your fun. But you better be to church on Sunday morning. That's right. So, you know, I, you, and, I, and, I, and I really appreciated that about you is because you gave us, me and my sisters, an opportunity to go out. We party. We did our thing. But at the same time, you knew that when we knew that Sunday morning here, we had to be in church in order to get it right. And it wasn't that we were as... We was restricted because I know that you didn't want us to listen to worldly music and things of that nature. But at the same time, we still had the flexibility to experience some of life. But at the same time, always know our way and stay on track. And that was, of course, a proverb. You know, if you if you if you uh, what got a shop in the way that he should go, he would never depart from him. So I know that you trained us up in a specific way so that we're able to stay on track. And that really set our spiritual foundation. So for parents who don't know what to really do with their child, especially if they got a wayward child or they're trying to build them up spiritually, how did they help them establish their own roots? For the child? For, how, yeah, are you yeah. mentioning, that, are you making reference to the child? Yeah, teenagers, the, youth, the, uh, toddlers. The teenagers, we, what we need to do in, in, by way of encouraging the teenagers is just to kind, to kind, of, kind of give them some kind of guidance. Mm -hmm. We have to give them some kind of, I want to say direction more or less. Yeah. So we have to be that example before them. So that they can see God in us. Because the teenagers are telling me, even the ones that come from Christian homes, they're saying that their parents are living by double standards. Mm -hmm. So that's bringing on confusion. 
And where there's confusion, there's every evil work in operation. So we have to make sure that our young people, we take them under our wings, we mentor them, we provide the guidance and the encouragement and the inspiration that they need, not putting them down, mm -hmm. because all of us were teenagers before. Absolutely. I was 16 and I was doing my thing. What? Yes, sir. <laughs> So, yes, sir. I don't believe you. You need to, you need to you go ahead and believe streets. that. I was out there doing my you thing. You wasn't twerking, was, though. Was, no, I wasn't twerking. We wasn't twerking back then. <laughs> but we were sure wearing many. We were, we was having many skirts and, and we was having hot pants. And, all right, all right. and we was doing all of those kind of things as a teenager would do. Yeah. So we have to try to guide the teenagers and kind of steer them in a positive direction. And then let them see God in us. Okay. Because what does God look like? And if they can see him in our character, not reputation, because reputation is made in a day, but character is made over a lifetime. So we, if, they, if they see us with our character and our conduct and our behavior reflecting Christ, after a while they can't do nothing but come in. Pray for them. Parents, if you hear me out there, pray for your children. Pray without ceasing. Let them hear you pray over their lives. Anoint their rooms. Go into their rooms and put your blessed oil over their door, over the doorposts in their rooms, over their bed, their headboards, places where they lay. Just begin to lay your hands on that and anoint that and ask God to help them through life's journey to be what he has called them to be because they need to understand and they need to know, but they're going to have to have somebody show the way so that they can eventually go the way. That's it. And that have that that protection. Yes. That's that protection. I know like you said today, what was you saying? I needed to be baptized in the blood. Yes. <laughs> From head to toe. So they to be covered in the drenching in the blood. I know anytime we step out into a car, anytime we go anywhere, you know, you're always saying, you know, please cover us in the blood. Jesus. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because we never know where there's some chaos around the corner. Or something that we're not expected, but at the same time, if there is, we already know that we've been protecting them. And after that, we're on our journey to the next, the next life, That's which right. is our real life. So this right here that we're experiencing life of the course, is that I, I want to get straight into some nuggets here because people always want to know, like, you know, there's so much already shared here. But how can I apply these certain things in my life or what are the real nuggets I can take away today? And after that, build up my spirituality and in, in, in Christ or whatever the case, because some people are still so lost and they have so many questions and like they're losing their faith. A lot of people are losing their faith right now because they're saying, why is this happening to me? Is God real? Is God real? And I know that right now I really do want to go into questions, but for people who are questioning, is God real? What do you have to say to those folks? I would say God is just as real as the air you breathe. Is if when you breathe in and out and you receive oxygen back into your lungs, if if that's real to you, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know how much more real you want to get than to believe that if every breath that I breathe, it has to be coming from somebody that is bigger and greater than me. So if you look at it from that perspective, it kind of gives you it gives you hope. It gives you hope to, to continue on throughout life because those 540 some odd thousand people that passed away from the COVID so far mm -hmm. and you still here and you still have breath in your body and you still have the blood running through your veins and you are still clothed in your right mind and you still know your left foot from your right and you still know this thing that you, you you're still coherent. You can have a brain that doesn't have to function, you know. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're still here, you have a right to be able to say, you know what? There's a purpose for my life. I'm here because I'm destined to do something for God that's great. Because if not, if it wasn't for that, I could have been in that number. But because I'm not in that number, I still have an opportunity to live for God and represent him to the best of my God-given ability. Nice. That's it. <laughs> I can laugh on that one because it feels good. It feels good to your, to your bones. It's shut up in my bones. <laughs> but yes, so I want to get, I know there's so much more we can talk about here in, in, in the experience. I know that. But someone who really are looking for spiritual guidance, you need a spiritual mentor. Someone who truly loves God, who can really lead you in the right direction and who's living the life. Like you said, have a, being an example. And uh, I've always seen you lead by the way you by the way you walk instead of the way you talk. So that's that's been a, that's always been something that I've, I've always loved about you, about you and dad, that you guys always stood forth. and You guys always brought God in the mix. No matter what we was going through, it was always like, let's go to God first. Let's go to God first. Mm-hmm. Let's go to God first. And that's something that's always been in me. And that's something that, I, you know, I prayed for. So my wife, whenever there's issue in life, and if, if I'm not even able to respond, she knows, go to God first. So right here, we're getting into some nuggets. Of course, one thing you mentioned when we were talking, I was like, what kind of nuggets, what kind of nuggets can we give to people? And the first thing you said was like, they got to have an appetite and a desire to experience God more. And it, that, that really, that, uh, that touched me deeply because it's like people, they want a little bit. They want to taste, you know, and it's just like, okay, it's like they want to put their, their pinky in it and taste it to see if he's pure. But you, you're either in or you're out. That's right. You got to open up yourself and you got to say, I, I want you and I want more because I know that I'm, I, I can't, I don't have all the answers. That's right. I can't answer it all. And I don't really know why I'm, some people are still question, why am I still here? Mm-hmm. And you're saying, okay, you have to have an appetite and a desire to say, God, give me that answer. That's right. Fill me up. Fill my cup and let me know that my passion is, of course, one thing is that my, my, my passion is what I can do for myself to make me feel good about life. And, of course, people always get the, the two mixed up. But their purpose, your purpose is what you can do for others. That's right. And you can ask God to bless me. Help me understand what my purpose is. What can I do for other people? Because you put me for here for a reason to connect with other people, how can I serve them better or be a part of their lives and make a change? And then what can I do to fulfill my own desire and dreams? And that's my own passions. So have, a desire, have an appetite and the desire to experience God more. That's the first nugget. So the second nugget here, we got one here, as you said, make it personal. So what do you say about making it personal uh, in, in this nugget right here? I believe it's a personal relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. When I said make it personal, make it where it's pertaining to you. Mm -hmm. So that means you're not trying to focus on how other people are receiving or if they don't receive. Even when it comes to your acceptance of Christ and acceptance of Jesus and making him Lord and Savior of your life. Make it, that's why it's considered as a personal relationship because it's a personal commitment to Christ. It's you saying, I'm willing to do to serve you. I'm willing to obey you. I'm willing to honor you. I'm willing to worship you. I'm willing to glorify you. That's making it personal and not trying to put the responsibility on the preacher, the pastor, or anybody else. You're taking responsibility on your own. You're taking your own responsibility and you're being accountable for your own actions and commitments. Got it. 
So even with that, making it personal, because some people say, well, you know what? How do maybe I don't think Jesus is the only way. Maybe it's Muhammad or maybe it's Buddha or maybe Hare Krishna or maybe all these other gurus out there. And they're saying, where do I find which one is the true God? Or which one do I understand? Because I might have been raised a totally different way. And I never, I don't know Christ the way you do. I, some, my religion maybe, maybe told me he's a liar. So how do I know and how can I discover who he is? And you said to make it personal. So it, is there a way to talk to God to say, you know what? Can you reveal who you are in, in, in all your glory so that I can understand and accept you for all of who you are? Yes, there is a way. Because if you go into God in prayer, that's a dialogue. Yeah. That's not just a monologue. So when you go to God in prayer, you're asking God for these. You can you can ask God for these particulars that you're making mention of. Mm -hmm. God, show me, show me the real the reality of, of who you are, the realness, uh, if I can use that terminology. Show me how real you are as God. You know, God might want to show you that through a, a miracle. I've seen so many miracles happening in my day, and, you, and you've, you've been exposed to many of them yourself. But God might want to show you through a healing in your body where you could, there's, there's people that have come to, to know Jesus that have just, they were totally, they might have been a, a Muslim, like you mentioned already, or they might have been from a different faith, but they might have been so sick in their body that only Jesus could make the, make the transference of healing power. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because maybe they've gone through doctors and they've exhausted their, their finances or whatever the case might've been. But when they got into the presence of Jesus and said, Jesus, please help me, please heal me. Not to say that Jesus heals everybody the same way. I'm not saying that. That's a disclaimer. But what I am saying is whatever they, whatever they stood in need of and only Jesus could provide it for them. Mm -hmm. That's in and of itself would be the, the answer to that particular question. Gotcha. Just just put it to a get into a situation where just where you're totally helpless unless Jesus performs. Got it. Put them to the okay. Put them to the test. Put them to the test. Put them to the test. All right, so right here, I know this one I I said you got to have a goal in mind and then by having a goal in mind, that's like finishing before you start. It's seeing your target, it's seeing the finish line and you're taking those steps and getting launched. So like she meant, you mentioned it before, it's just like knowing your why, knowing what you want to experience out of, of having a spiritual growth and knowing how to spiritually ex experience God in another way. So it's just saying that, God, I want to experience more of you, but know where you want to go. That's right. Know where you want to go. So that's another nugget for you guys is finish before you start. Have a goal in mind. Know what you want from God. Expect something from him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, you have to give yourself in return. All right, so this is another nugget right here. What is this right here? Say the, the relationship will outlast religion. The relationship will outlast religion because, like you said, there's people that will fail you, but God would never do that. That's right. And then right here, of course, you mentioned this earlier. Stay close to the fire. So let's hear that one more time. You talked about how you got to stay close to the fire. What did you really mean by that? That means you have to stay around people that are on fire for Jesus that means people that des that have such a strong urgency when it comes to their desire to go higher mm -hmm. in him until they keep themselves on fire for him. And the way they do it is by staying around people that are on fire, but more importantly, getting into his presence where the fire never, never goes out. So that's, 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 that's something you have to do on a consistent basis where you just like you have an electricity, you have to stay plugged into the source. 
Okay, so you got to stay plugged into God. You got to stay in his presence. You got to want his glory, his mantle of glory to reign upon you. You got to you got to want his anointing power Mm -hmm. in order for him to be able to release it into your life. You got to ask for it. You can't just expect it to come automatically because the Bible said we have not because we ask not in James. So if we have not because we ask not, then that's the reason why a lot of people say, well, why can't I stay on fire? But what are you doing to maintain your fire? You've got to be in prayer. You've got to stay in the word of God. You've got to be in worship. There's got to be some praise going on. There's got to be some monologue and some dialogue going on with God back and forth. And there's got to be an intimate relationship with Christ. That's it. All right. Whew. Stay close to the fire. That'll keep you on fire. Because sometimes I know we get that low battery notice, that notification. It's saying, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm getting tired. I'm getting drained. I don't have any more. And after that, that's what you say. You got to plug into that source and it'll build you back up. So who you stay around and how you stay connected with God vertically and horizontally makes a huge difference. So you can't put wet wood on a fire. So we're trying to stay, fi- we're trying to catch fire. But sometimes we wet ourselves down with, with, with weight. Sometimes we wet ourselves because we don't, we, we have so many doubts in our minds. Sometimes we wet our wood with, with other people's experiences with God. So what would you say? How do we, how do we come with fresh wood? I believe, again, you come with fresh wood is you're around a fresh environment. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we're in we're we're in stale environments, stale churches with day old bread. You know, sometimes we're in those kind of those kind of uh, in, in environments and and those kind of surroundings. And then we're what can you anticipate if you're in a surrounding where there's nothing fresh? There's nothing that's going to produce an ongoing fire in your life. Yeah. So we have to keep ourselves in uh, the, the, a mode of wanting to have more of God, more of the, 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 the fire of God, more of the presence of God, more of the love of God. It, the list goes on and on. But it has to be in a surrounding and environment that can produce those kind of positive results. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love how you said be fresh. Like a, cause some people like stale bread. And to me, that just reminds me of like a bagel. And be more like a donut. You know, be fresh, yes. be sweet, yes. <laughs> soft yes. and moist. Makes me want to eat a donut right now. And that's why I hate bagels. Because they're just that sweet. They're just so dry. Right. <laughs> but that's what you're saying overall. You can't put wet wood on the fire. So make sure you open your mind and body and soul to experience the fullness of God. So right here, I heard you say this one. I can say it's been over a million times. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Most definitely. Your attitude will determine your altitude. For So for people out there with a... With a bad attitude. What does that do? How does that take them with their altitude? Well, I, I believe that a bad attitude just dictates negative behaviors. Mm-hmm. So once you start getting into that whole mode of pessimism and you're a pessimistic kind of person, you just, you, you're just, you, you, you don't have any foresight or any kind of desire to continue to move, uh, to get ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're, 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 you're being stifled. And you're being hindered because your attitude is a low-level attitude. And that's going to keep you suppressed. That's going to hinder you from trying to get any, any, any uh, I want to say, any ex- acceleration. Yeah. Acceleration. You can't ex- even excel 
if you're on that low level thinking and low level having, especially a low level attitude, that and what that looks like is a negative attitude. Mm -hmm. That looks like a person that's constantly moody, a person that just have a mean disposition, a person that's just always lashing out, lashing, lashing out at other people. That person is always pointing fingers at everybody else, but never taking any responsibility for their own actions. So a bad attitude just really just continues to, 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 to hinder us as individuals, especially in the body of Christ, because nobody wants to listen to a sourpuss. Nobody wants to listen to a sourpuss. You heard it from the pastor. Stinking thinking. You got to go ahead and get rid of that. So a couple more last nuggets before we close here. It's like, I know under, with people, they want to know how far do they have to go in their faith walk. And you have to have endurance. So this nugget right here is you have to have, you must have endurance. Because walking by faith, you don't make it to an end. It's, 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 it's something that's, you don't get a chance to say, you know what, I'm tired. And I'm going to take a break and I'm, I'm going to give up. And that's something that I've seen you do because you had endurance through all these years of my life. And I'm just like, don't you ever get tired? Don't you ever get tired of just saying, you know what? I'm always doing right. I'm always taking the high road. I got to be the one that forgives. I got to be the one that prays. Doesn't that drain you? You do have those times when you feel like, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. You have those, those moments. Mm -hmm. I think we have those moments in life irregardless of, of, of where we stand spiritually. That's just a part of life. That's just some of the life's uh, challenges that we all go through, irregardless of whether you're saved or unsaved. So I, I just believe that you, you, you have those, those, those low moments, but that's the time when you can see God perform the greatest because he, he's in our valleys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's in our wilderness experiences. He's in our times when we feel like we just are exhausted mentally or exhausted spiritually or exhausted emotionally, whatever the case might be, even when we're exhausted physically, because in our weakness, God is made strong. And that's when we're able to be able to depend. We become more dependent upon God when we are exhausted. And what I've learned is I've had to learn through my experiences of over all these years is that I can draw strength from God. I can go into his presence and I can say, God, right now, I'm exhausted mentally. I'm exhausted physically. I'm exhausted emotionally. How are you going to refuel me and refuel me? And sometimes I have been able to draw strength from others. I've been able to go to them. God will send me to an individual that might not be, that might be at a high point. Yeah. That might be on that level of that, that that they're already that they're strengthened and that they're strengthened at a higher degree, and so what I do is I go and we draw strength from each other, and that's how we're able to overcome issues. We talk it out. We discuss the things that may be troubling us yeah. or the things that may be causing us discouragement, and so we get with mentors. We get with people in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So you get with counselors and you get with life coaches and people that can pour into you, especially if you're one that has to constantly pour into others. Gotcha. So you don't empty your cup. That's right. So the people that can fill you up. So this last nugget here is seek higher pleasures. I know many people, they want momentary pleasures. They want that moment of feeling good, that moment of, of ecstasy. But we have to seek higher pleasures, which are wisdom, good character and integrity, 
kindness, forgiveness, sobriety, sympathy, and an anointing. That's the higher pleasure. That's what's going to sustain us. That's what's going to get us through those hard times instead of just those moments where you want to get high or you're thinking that you're going to self-medicate yourself or where you say, okay, I think that sex is going to be the answer and it makes you feel good for just that moment. Or you say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do something wild and crazy where I can get my adrenaline rushing and it gets you high in, in for a moment, but it doesn't give you that. It doesn't sustain you. So the last nugget I had here was just that we got to seek higher pleasures that are going to fill up our cup so that we don't get exhausted and that we can feel like we've experienced joy in our lifetime versus just momentary pleasures or guilty pleasures that I say. So without further ado, that's all the nuggets I have for you. But I can't close a spiritual guidance session without us ending in prayer. So, of course, I will go ahead and begin the prayer. I will allow you to close this out, Pastor, because I know that you have words to share with these people. Um, and they're seeking God in a new way. They're probably saying, okay, I'm just trying to find my way. Or if they're just saying, you know what, I just need to, sh- I need to, I need to start. I need to start here and I need to start today because I'm just tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. So right now, I just want to go ahead and pray for you all. And I know this is something I've never done on my show before, but at the same time, this is another part of growth in life. And you can't grow in all these other areas without having a strong spiritual foundation. That's really the, where you start. And after that, you can build your blocks upon that. If you don't have a strong spiritual foundation, you can definitely fall. So it's like building your house upon that rock. So let's go ahead and close you out right here in prayer. And after that, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And if you guys are all in agreement, whether you are or not, I, would ex- I, I just pray that God is able to speak to your heart. So, Father God, we just thank you for this moment right now, Lord God, that you got a chance to allow me to sit down with my mother and share nuggets with people, Father God, but also share who you are and expose who you are, Father God. We thank you for all the listeners right now, Father God, wherever they may be, wherever they may be in their lifetime, Father God, that their experience with you, Father God, that you're able to speak to them directly, that they're able to seek you, Father God, for who you are, Father God. And after that, they will want that personal experience for you to fill them up, Father God. And I pray that you're able to speak to them and have the communication with them, Father God, in their language, Father God, so that they know you're real, Father God. And Lord God, I just pray for anybody who's maybe struggling, Father God, with their sexuality, Father God. I pray for those who are struggling, Father God, with any addictions, Lord God. We just pray right now, Father God, for those who are struggling in their households, Father God, maybe it be maybe their marriage, Father God, or their child, Lord God. We just pray right now that you're in the midst, Father God, and that you are. we're seeking a positive outcome, Father God. We just know that you can go ahead and turn any situation around for your good, Lord God. And we just pray that we just continue to rely and lean on you, Father. We just pray that you continue to cover us with your blood, Father God, wherever we may go, Father God. And I pray that we're able to shine our light, That not that we have to go everywhere and preach and, and, and tell everybody that, oh, I'm saved and I'm a Christian, Father God, but that you would illuminate a room, Father God. You would illuminate an area, Father God. They will fill you through us, Father God, and we become better examples, Lord God. We just thank you for everything that you've done doing and that you're going to do in our lives, Father God. And we just want to give you all the glory, honor, and praise as we lift you up. We pray that you forgive us for our sins, Father God, because we don't always make the best choices, Father. But we thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your grace, Lord God, because we need it. It's not something that we want in life, Father God. It's something that we need and it's all we need, Lord God. So as we pray and we seek you, Father God, I just pray that you just continue to touch us, bless us, heal us, and help us, Father God. And I'll go ahead and pass it over to my mother, the Pastor Gwen Rose.
And Father, we just want to bless you, Father God, for this privilege and opportunity that you've given us to pour into the lives of others. Father God, even as you have poured into our lives, Lord God, we just believe that something was said and done, Father God, through these, these nuggets, Father God, that will inspire, encourage, Father God, uplift, and just impart grace, Father God, to the hearers. We just pray, Lord God, that you would sustain your people, Father God, with the love of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb. And Father God, we just believe that the people of God that are listening, Father God, to this 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 time, Father God, that we're having together in prayer, that their hearts, Father God, will be filled and their hearts will be mended for those that have broken hearts, Father God, and that people will have a new sense of direction, just knowing that you love them, that you care for them, Father God, and more importantly, you have a wonderful plan for their lives. We give your name all the glory and all the honor for life-changing. Father God, touches upon the lives of your people here, there, and everywhere. In Jesus' name, Jesus amen. Name. Amen. So you heard it from, once again, the pastor, the teacher, the doctor, the counselor, my mama, the angel. Thank you for so much for tuning in to These Nuggets. God bless you. Wow.